Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Blessing is what we're going to talk about tonight. Maybe it's just because I'm so aware of how blessed I am. You know, but uh, I found my, I went back and I looked and I found an old sermon I had done, oh gracious, um, eight years ago on blessed, on being blessed. And I thought, okay, that's really not what I want, but hey, there's a lot of good stuff in it. So we can incorporate some of that into this. So we're going to do that. But uh, what is, what is, what does it mean to be blessed? It means favor, kindness, and goodness of God, making what his people do succeed and prosper. Isn't that a wonderful definition of what it means to be blessed? Hallelujah. If you go back and you see, you go back to Genesis and you take a look, you know, Genesis was the perfect example of what God's total blessing was supposed to look like. They didn't lack for anything. They had everything they needed in abundance. Maybe what they had then didn't look like what we, what we have today, I mean, obviously. But everything they needed was in that garden. God had supplied everything that they could possibly want in that garden. There was nothing, there was nothing to stand against as far as, as sickness or, or lack in, in, the, in an area of prosperity. There was, there was nothing standing in their way when it came to relationship. I mean, it was the perfect place. And they messed it up. Thank you. Thank you, Adam and Eve. Thank you very much. But, you know, God has been working to get us back to that place ever since. Now, obviously, we get to heaven. You know, that's where we will really experience the totality of, of blessing. But for what right here, he has done something so marvelous that he's put us in position to be as blessed as what he originally intended. And so I'm just going to talk to you for just a couple of minutes here before I move on. You know, and there's, there's two reasons for, for God wanting to bless you. And number one is so you can experience the blessing. Hallelujah. And secondly, so you're a conduit of his blessing. You were born to be a blessing. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. Hebrews 6, 14 says, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. I like multiplication. Addition's fine, but multiplication is better. Whole lot better. And he, he, told, he told Abraham in, in Genesis 22, he said, In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You know, and and that is that is the whole point. You know, if you go back and you look, you know, in the in the Old Testament from the patriarchs, they blessed their children, and that blessing was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And it's up to us to keep passing that that blessing down to the generations that follow us. We're to be the living examples of what it means to be blessed. We're supposed to be the demonstration of the blessing of God to this generation that we're in. And if we don't have a handle on the, on the blessing that God intends for us to walk in, how can we demonstrate it to anybody effectively? 
because the word says that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. You know, it's, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a time, you know, where we talked about sin all the time. We had a very big sin consciousness and yet nobody really told us that God was good. They never told us that God wanted to bless us in every way. You know, you can't tack if it be your will onto every prayer. In fact, the only prayer you can tack it onto is, is, is that prayer of commitment. That prayer of consecration, that is the only time you can put if it be your will on any kind of prayer. Otherwise, you're praying in vain. You might as well just hush because it's going nowhere. Because the word is full of what his will is for you now. And when you get into the word and you find out what his will is, there's no reason to say if it be your will anymore. And so, and so I got to looking at these things and, you know, it, it says, uh, in Genesis 12 too, I will bless them that bless you. I don't know about you, but I've seen a whole lot of people that were just absolute heathens that got blessed because somebody that worked for them was a believer. You know, in the old Testament, the perfect example of that is when Jacob worked for Laban. You know, Laban was, I mean, he deliberately deceived Jacob deliberately deceived. And yet he recognized himself that because of Jacob, he was a blessed man. You know, and, and I've, I've, you know, been in times when I've talked to people, you know, who are working for companies that maybe were headed up by, by those who were not believers and they prayed for their job. They prayed for their company. They prayed for their boss. They prayed for their supervisor. They prayed for, for the people that directly impacted them. They prayed for, and God blessed those institutions. God blessed those supervisors. God blessed those owners. God blessed those, those coworkers because of that believer who was believing God that the blessing that's on them would spill over into everybody else. And it does. You know, when we, when we were in between houses for two years, um, the, the landlord that we had, heathen, just heathen. I, I, don't think he'd, I don't think he'd ever been in church. And um, nice guy, but nice doesn't get you to heaven. You know, and, and so his, his life was kind of falling apart. It was a brand new house. They had just moved into it in November of, let's see, this was 2017. Just moved into it in November of 2016. Then he and his wife got a divorce. So now he's a, you know, he's a divorced man. He's, they've got a little girl, you know, and now they're, you know, they're having to share custody. Life didn't look great for him. But yet, you know, we came along, you know, in June, and he needed, he needed just some time to kind of figure his life out. And so, you know, we agreed on some terms, you know, we moved into his house. And uh, after a year, we decided we, couldn't, we hadn't found anything. He used, to, he used to ask us all the time, you know, have, have, have you found anything? Have you been looking? I went... Ed, I look every single day. I've got a real estate agent who is on it all the time. If anything new comes up, we go and we look at it. Because I really didn't figure we'd be there for just a few months. And that's what we went into a rental agreement with is, you know, as soon as we find something, we're out of here. And uh, a year has gone by, and we just I finally gave in, you know, the submissive husband, wife that I'm really not sometimes, and uh, and said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll agree. Let's let's build. You know, let's get started on this thing. So we knew it was going to take about a year. Went back to him and said, well, before we agree to this, maybe we better find out we have a place to live for the next year, since we've already been here one year. And uh, so got him on the phone and said, now Ed, we're looking to build, but it's going to take it's going to take probably a year to get done. Is that okay with you? Oh yeah, fine. Now I have to admit that um, I showed him a lot of favor. I paid my bill early. 
all the time. I paid that rent on not just on time, but always early. I sent him a Christmas gift every year that we were there. You know, I loaded him down with favor from me, and I expected favor from him in return. And I had it. He goes, oh, however long you want. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better tenant. Because when we moved in there, I told him, I promised him, I said, this place will be in better shape when I leave than when I got it. And it was. Uh, He was a pretty good housekeeper, but not an excellent housekeeper. So I took care of that while I was there. And uh, anyway, when we moved out, you know, he he had already decided to sell it. He had already stuck a for sale sign in the front yard before we moved out. And I'm going, now, okay, come on in. But there was two other brand new houses in the neighborhood. There was another house down the street. That was a little older, but, yet, you know, had to, all the yard was all fixed. And, I mean, everything looked great and everything. And, and he put his house on the market. And, do you know, his house sold and was closed within six weeks after we moved out. And I went back to him and I said, Ed, I want you to know there's a verse in the Bible that says, I will bless those that bless you. You have been a blessing to us. And God has rewarded you for being a blessing to us. I don't know what kind of, he just kind of went, oh, Okay. And I thought, you know, it might not be a big seed, but it's a small seed that can take root. You know, God can, God can get through to him just, on, just with that. He'll be open maybe to somebody else sharing more of the gospel with him. But see, God intends for you to, you to be so blessed that you carry an atmosphere of blessing with you everywhere you go and that it affects people everywhere you go into whatever world you're called into. You will be a blessing to them. They may not always realize that they're blessed because of you, but some will. And some will open themselves up to, to listening to more of what you have to say. And when you've got things to share with them that are just nothing but the goodness of God, it will make an impression on them. And that really is one of the best evangelistic tools you can possibly use. It's just tell them your story. You don't have to give them your life story, but you can just pick out something. You know, that where God has just been, maybe something that they could identify with on a certain level. Pick out something and just say, you know, I was, this was what was going on in my life. And, went to, and God did this for me. And I know it was God. It couldn't, have been, it couldn't have happened any other way if God had not intervened. You know, just share with them those kind of things. God intends for you to be so blessed that nobody can deny the fact that God is at work in your life. Hallelujah. You know, in, over in Deuteronomy 28, um, there's the blessings and the curses. You know, and, and for the, the Israelites, they, they were locked into, if you do this, then I'll do this. You know, it was a matter of works. They had to do certain things if they wanted to be blessed. But, you know, in the New Testament, that's no longer the thing. I think what got me started on this whole thing was Sunday morning. We were in, I was getting dressed and getting, you know, everything put together. And I had Brother Keith Moore on. And and he was talking about people who go around all the time because it's become so prevalent in our society. Saying, you know, I get this because I deserve it. You know, oh, get, get the... Get the loan you you deserve. You deserve this. You deserve the right car insurance. You deserve this. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't deserve anything. You don't. Buying just of yourself and what, what you've done does not qualify you to be deserving of anything. It's God at work in you that has qualified you 
to deserve on that basis. On the, you deserve it on the basis of who you are in Christ. You deserve it on the basis of what Jesus has done, what he has paid for, what he has enabled you to do. You deserve it on that basis. He's the one who is deserving of it all, not you. So when you hear all the commercials and you hear people say, I deserve it, and we have an entitlement mentality in the society we live in. Everybody thinks they're owed something. Nobody owes you anything. Your parents, if you know, I don't have kids that are, you know, dependent age in here tonight, but, you know, your parents owe you food in your belly and a roof over your head and clothes on your back. When you get older, they do not owe you a living. They do not owe you to prop you up in the lifestyle to which you have become accustomed. Our job as parents is to raise you up so that you can stand on your own two feet and take care of yourself. And yet we look around today and, my Lord, there are so many people who are, you know, if, if the parent or the grandparent didn't take over, they'd be lost. You know, I had a lady I worked with one time who, who said that she... She had like four sons, and, and she said every time one of them left home, she bought a house that was one bedroom smaller so they couldn't move back in. I thought, well, that's pretty smart. <laughs> but your parents don't owe you. Once you become an adult, they don't owe you. You don't deserve their, their money. You know, when my, my parents, you know, finally sold their, their home, you know, and they, they, they made quite a, um, it was quite the investment for them. When they sold it, you know, my dad said something I don't know about, about, you know, putting things in writing so that my sister and I wouldn't fight everything. I said, Daddy, nothing, I, you don't have anything I'd fight my sister over. You don't have anything. Because, and my mom, she wanted to live frugally all the time after my dad died. I'm going, Mama, it's your money. Spend it. You're not obligated to leave me anything. You know, they don't owe you. You know, and, and I'm seeing today some of these extreme millionaire people who are leaving zero to their children. And I'm going, well, that's unusual. You don't see that very often. And yet they want, I think it's Warren Buffett, you know, isn't he like the, one of the billionaires who is leaving zero to his children? He expects them to figure out what to do with their lives and to find a way to be successful just like he did. He's leaving all this money, you know, to charities and philanthropic, philanthropic I got the word, endeavors, uh, foundations and endowments and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, you're not owed. You're not owed. You need to figure that out. But at the same time, you are owed when the devil comes at you and says you don't deserve something. When he tells you you can't have something, you go, oh, man, maybe, maybe I don't deserve, you know, all that on my own, but because of Jesus, because, because Jesus lives on the inside of me, because the life of God flows through my veins, and the DNA of God resides on the inside of me. Based on that, it's mine, and you can't keep it. You can't have it. You can't keep me from having it. I, on that basis, you deserve everything God has for you because he paid the ultimate price for you to have what he intends for you to have. Amen. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy uh, 28 verse 2 says, the blessings will come on you and overtake you. See, I like that. 
He'll come over on you and overtake you. Uh, even, even Psalm 23, verse 6, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The Roth translation says it will pursue me. Not fo- there's, there's one aspect of following, and there's another aspect called pursuing. Anybody ever been pursued? It's like the person pursuing you won't take no for an answer. They are determined to overtake you. See, God was determined to overtake you. Jesus is determined to overtake you with blessing. There's so much, you know, that we have that's available to us. And now it doesn't come to us based on our works because it's been freely given. And the only thing we have to do, it depends on us as to what level of faith we will use to access it. It's there. It's available. But it's up to us to use our faith to bring that into manifestation in our lives. And so when I was listening to Brother Keith on, on, on Sunday, you know, he was talking about not deserving things, and that got me, got me kind of started. And so, so the Lord spoke this, this just phrase to my heart, positioned for blessing. Are you positioned for blessing? You know, I, I am very well aware because of what happened in last week. I'm very well aware of what things called blockages can do to you. You know, you can have a blockage in just an ordinary pipe, you know, a pl- just in plumbing. There could be a blockage in that. What happens when there's a blockage in that pipe? The flow isn't there. It might be, a, you know, half, halfway. It might be less. It might be a trickle. But when something is blocking the pipe, the water cannot flow. In your body, when there's something blocking an artery, the blood can't flow. Well, hey, we're talking blood now. Listen, when our spiritual pipes are blocked, the blood of Jesus doesn't flow as easily as it, as it should. And he wants it to be opened up so that we find ourselves in a position to be at our maximum potential in every arena of life. So how do you get, you know, there's an old saying, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Well, we want to get under the spout, so to speak. And, and I, I, don't, I want to be that conduit, that, 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 that pipe that, that has the blessings flowing from the throne of heaven right through me on out to somebody else. That's what it's all about. And so, you know, I, I got to looking at some different things. And the and very first thing is, do we honestly believe it? Do we honestly believe that God wants us blessed? Do we honestly believe it in spite of what the enemy throws at us, in spite of what he tells us where we're insufficient, where we're lacking in, in areas of our spiritual life, do we really believe that God is who he says he is? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we really believe it? That's where you have to start. You know, some people have an easy time with prosperity and others don't. And the same person will have an easy time with with healing or somebody else struggles. Well, there's there's a way to position yourself so that all of it comes to you. I remember... um, I think, I don't know who it was, was it um, Wally Redwine maybe who said he had a low tolerance for sickness. 
you know, we need to have a low tolerance for anything that's less than the best God has for us. We need to have a low, low, low tolerance. And if there's something, we take a look at our lives and it doesn't look like it should look in the eyes of God, then we need to do something so that it can start looking like it's supposed to. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.3 says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. And 2 Peter says, in 1.3, he says he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God wants you blessed in your spiritual life. He wants you blessed in your physical life. This life down here on earth should be just a, just a, a, a taste of what we're going to experience when we get there. It's a good taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you, Brother Steve. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants us to experience it here so that we get there. I mean, we're just so hungry that we'll just take it all in. Because, you know, when we leave here, it's not the end of learning. It's not the end of growing. There's more to see. There's more to know. There's more to do. You know, and so he wants us to see those things. And uh, I love James. James 1.17. Go there. James 1 says, every good gift and every perfect gift. I look at good gifts as the natural things and perfect gifts as the spiritual things. Yeah, that's just me. You know, you can take that for what it's worth. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Philip's translation says it this, this way, never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. Ooh, isn't that wonderful? Never the slightest variation or any shadow of inconsistency. Do you know anybody that that fits, naturally speaking? I don't. But I thank God that we know the Father. The Father who is the one who never changes, who is always the same. He's not a man that he should lie. That he's never told his children anything that cannot be backed up by his integrity and his goodness. I'm telling you what, God is a good, good God. And we just have to rely on the fact that he is who he says he is. And he does what he says he'll do. And he's given us the measure of faith on the inside so that we can access every blessing that he's provided for us. You know, he said you've got to have faith to get it all. And then he gives you the faith. Now, it's up to us to make that faith increase, to make it grow, so that we can grab a hold of more. But that, that's up to us. And then number two, are we focused on the word or on the circumstance? I tell you what, that, that's a biggie because, you know, as natural people, sometimes when the issues come around, even though you know what the word says, it's just so, it's sometimes it seems so tough to get our attention off what the circumstances yelling and screaming at us and get it back where it belongs on the word. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's where we ought to be looking. You know, and, and it's all, it's, uh, you can always peg somebody by what they say. You know, there's, there's a way to, to put out the, 
the, the facts of the circumstance, you know, this is what I'm facing, this is what they say, without it being an oh, woe is me, pity party time. You know, you can say that, but you know what? You, you, can, you can give somebody a, a, you know, a rundown of everything that's, that's going and everything that the enemy's saying, everything the circumstances are screaming at you. You can do it. It should always be followed up with, but God. But God, but God is faithful. It's always a but God. You know, it bothers me when somebody tells me something without following up with Scripture. You know, if if you don't have anything to stand on, then how are you going to see any difference? Tells me you're focused on the circumstance, not on the not on the supplier of the need for that circumstance. Are you a praiser? You know, for all of us, we, we, if you've been around here very long at all, you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get, get the word that for your circumstance. Then you're supposed to speak that word. You're supposed to thank God that it's done. Are you a praiser? Are you thanking God on a regular basis that you have what you need? Instead of talking about the problem constantly and talking about the lack, talking about the, the symptoms, talking about, you know, all the things that are wrong. How about we just start praising God for the answer? Because doesn't he, he said he supplies the answer as soon as we ask it in faith? As soon as we ask it, it's there. It's there. And all we have to do to get it into manifestation, just keep praising God. Just keep praying. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. You know, it's just taking too long. Uh, no, no. There is. If you're really in faith, there is no phrase that comes into into question here. That's too. It's too long, because the person who's in faith is ready to stand, no matter how long the clock says it is, no matter how many days in the calendar you have marked off. The person who's really in faith does not care. Why? Because they're too busy praising God. That's why. That's where their focus is. That's where they put their energy. We put so much of our energy into the wrong thing. And we get disappointed. You know, we say we're disappointed that our faith didn't work. Well, our faith didn't work because you didn't put any energy into it. You weren't speaking the right things. You weren't praising God. You weren't using the scriptures. You know, God doesn't want you to go out and search the whole Bible, you know, and get a concordance out and start going and listing 1,400 scriptures. He just wants you to get one that speaks to your heart. That's all you need is just one. One word from God will change anything. And you just have to find the one that God said that just, just, just dings in your heart. That just, I mean, goes off like a rocket on the inside of you. go, that's the one. You know, I've, I've told this story before. When years ago when Pastor was diagnosed with cancer, you know, and I'm a basket case the next day. I can't see where I'm going to be in six months, where he's going to be. I can't, I can't. The fog of that whole thing was just, was just so overwhelming. I couldn't see. And somebody called me with one scripture. One that changed everything. Changed everything. And that's what you need to do. Are you positioned for blessing by finding what speaks to your heart? Are you positioned for blessing by not focusing on the problem, but focusing on the, on the way maker?
Hallelujah. Are we feeding ourselves on the right things and staying away from the wrong things? You got to stay away from the people who want to feed you doubt and unbelief. You, you got to stay away from them. When I came home from the hospital after cancer surgery, my uncle, you know, who'd, who's been, who had pastored now for over 60 years, he got on the phone and I just, I just told him, I believe I'm healed. I believe there's no cancer in my body anymore. I believe God, God's... And he, he cautioned me that God doesn't always heal the way we think he heals. God phone pastor says to me, he says, don't talk to him again until this is over. Totally over. Well-meaning people can bring you down into their pit of doubt and unbelief. Why? Because they're basing it on their experience instead of the word. Don't let anybody base, base their doubt and unbelief for your circumstance on their experience. You just look at them and say, my experience is going to be different. My experience is going to be, it's called victory. My experience is not what you've experienced because I have the word for it. I have what God has said for this. You've got to position yourself in a place where you shut all those kind of people and all those kind of thinking out. Hallelujah. Are you in the right place? Mm-hmm-hmm. Tell me about it, Rayleigh. Are you in the right church? That you've got two children who are well today because you were in the right place. Two who might not even be alive had it not been for what you found out, what you know here. Are you in the right place? This is for the benefit of somebody who may listen to this online. Are you in the right place? Are you being assured every time you come to church that the blessing of God belongs to you? Are you, being, are you being totally given over to the fact that God's will is always for you to be healed? Are you told repeatedly that God always intends for you to prosper? Are you told day after day, service after service, and hopefully it doesn't get old to you, that victory belongs to you in every circumstance, in every situation? If you're not doing it in a place that tells you that, then you're in the wrong place. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And then there's, there's not just that, but then there's times when God has you in a specific place under a specific pastor for reasons that you don't, you're not even aware of that will serve you well down the line. They will put something in you because of the focus that they have, the emphasis they have in a particular area that you're going to need. Maybe you don't stay in that church your entire life. Maybe you move, but for right now, where are you supposed to be? Where? It doesn't matter, you know, all these other things. You know, my, I, I, I don't know, maybe I told, I think it was the Bible school, I probably told this. My, our son Steve wanted to go, uh, he, he'd grown up with computers. He loved computers. And when he graduated from college, you know, he, he, was, he was looking for a job. He had always, his dream had always been to work for NASA. And, you know, he's graduating. He gets a call to work for NASA. And they need an answer right away. And he called us up and he said, I, I'm, I'm, you know, they, they've offered me this job and I'm not sure whether I need to take it, you know. And, and I said, well, yeah, here's, here's the big news for you. Follow your heart. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. That, what, what else is going to tell you? Follow your heart. But you know where his dividing line was for that job? His dividing line was, is there a good church over there I can go to? 
Is there a church where God would want me to be over there in that area? And because they were pressing him for an answer and he didn't have time to go over there and find out the answer to that question, he turned the job down. Two years later, NASA pulled out of that area and we all went back to Houston. You know, there's a reason why God wants you in a good place. There's a reason. You, all churches are the same. No, they're not. They're not all the same. They're not. Well, all word churches are the same. Nope, they're not. All spirit-filled churches are the same. Nope, they're not. They're not. Where does God want you? Hallelujah. Ah, how's our love walk? Your love walk will put you in position or keep you out of position. Yeah, you, 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 can't, you can't get to where God wants you to go. You know, if you're a love walk, you got some offense with somebody, let it go. Yeah, but they did. I don't care what they did. Yeah, but it wasn't right. I don't care. It's up to you to forgive them, not for them to ask for forgiveness. You, you, you don't deserve their, their forgiveness. You don't des- okay, let me put this way. You don't deserve an apology from them. God forgave you, and you did you ever apologize to him? God forgave you out of the goodness of his heart and decided to move on and to wipe away all your transgressions. When we're willing to wipe away somebody's transgressions against us and move on, we find ourselves in a position to be blessed. And you keep hanging on to things that you should have let go of, it will definitely impact your ability to, be, to walk in the blessing that God wants you to walk in. I'd go a lot further with that, but I, but I won't. Uh, are our motives what they ought to be? Takes harkens me back to just a couple weeks ago when I talked on, uh, uh, you know, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. People have a lot of motives for wanting to be blessed. They want everybody to see how blessed they are. Not for the benefit of being able to share it, but for the benefit of just, you know, kind of, you know, tuck your thumbs under, you know, the suspenders here. Look how blessed I am. On On the other side of that, there are people who will give you a hard time because you're blessed. Do not ever apologize for being blessed. Don't. You don't apologize for what God has ordained. You don't. But yet, our, what are our motives on? Are we focused, is, is our focus to keep up with the Joneses? Oh, I want to look like I have as much as they have. You know, I personally don't have to drive, you know, a Mercedes. I could have, we could afford one if we wanted to. I don't have to drive one. <laughs> it's not necessary. I just want a good, dependable car that I like. That's, it's not a rattle trap, you know. It's not a junker. Uh, I just I want something that serves me well. I don't care, you know. The, I don't. I'm not here to impress anybody with anything. Are you trying to impress somebody? You know, God doesn't want His blessing in your life to be used like that. He doesn't want you using it to impress. Hmm. He wants you to focus on the blesser, not the blessing. Our motive, you know, people give the prosperity 
us prosperity folks a bad rap. You know, it's name it and claim it, blab it and grab it is what they say, talk, say about us. But, you know, our, our focus, our motive is not, Lord, gimme, 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 gimme. It's, Father, bless me so that I have more to, be, to bless somebody else with. That should be the motive of our heart. You know, and are you, be, are you willing to be a blessing at whatever stage of blessing you find yourself in? Well, I don't have, I just don't have much. Well, then be a blessing with what you do have. You won't, if you're going to wait to be a blessing until you've got a big bank account, you will never see that big bank account. If you're not willing to give five when you've only got ten, then you won't give 500 when you've got 1,000. And you won't give 1,000 when you've got 5,000. You have to start at the bottom. You have to start because, because some of these things are progressive. As we grow, as we grow and as our faith grows, you know, we, we walk into bigger and bigger ways of being blessings. Are you stingy? Hmm. Are you just plain stingy? I have something, but I don't, want, I don't want to share. That sounds like a three-year-old. I don't want to share. I don't want to share. Well, if God is, is God able to get through to you that it's time to share? You know, what's, what's your motive? What's your, what's your heart like? Are you stingy with your, with your time? No, no, I don't want to serve at church because I'd have to show up all the time. It's true. You, you laugh. Tonight, you know, I'm talking to mostly the core group you know, who will come at any time, do anything. But there are a lot of people who won't get involved because it might impact their ability to do what they want when they please. They won't be able to run off to, to do this. They won't be able to run off to do that. They'll actually have to be committed to something. Wow, how about that? That's called stingy. How about with just your resources? Well, I have an, I have an ability. God has gift me, gifted me with, with this particular ability, and I want, I'll volunteer it in my church. Motives. Are you, are you not positioned for blessing? If you're going to withhold what you could bless somebody with. No, not too many amens on that. How about are we in agreement with the plan of God? Are we in agreement with the plan of God? Sometimes we walk out, you know, some of the things that, that God asks us to do. We walk up and we're obedient, but we're not willing. Our heart's not in it. I'm doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because it would really look bad if I didn't. Are we, are we in agreement with the plan of God? How about when God says no to you about something that you'd like to do? It's not part of the plan. He, and he doesn't want you to do it because it's going to cost you later. But are we in agreement with it right this minute? Are we in agreement? Or can, we, can we say, yes, God, I will do this? Or are we able to say, yes, God, I, 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 will, I will withhold I will withhold that. I won't, I won't do that. Sometimes it's harder to not do something you want to do than it is to do something that you didn't think you wanted to do. You, you need to be able to hear a no from God. No's are part of the plan just as well as yeses. You need to be able to, to figure this out and, 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 and follow God's plan 
for your life. He has a plan for your life. I don't care how old you are. He has a plan for your life. You may have missed it somewhere back in the past or you may have been right on. He still has a plan. And you haven't figured it out enough to work it out on your own just yet. You still need God's leading on what the next step in the plan is. And be willing to go with it, whatever it is. Just being a doer of the word, you know, in in so many instances, will keep us in a place where we are positioned for a blessing. Are we listening to the instructions of the Spirit? Are we listening? I mean, I have to go back, you know, I... I'm, I'm, I'm standing here blessed today. I, I saw my primary care doctor today, and she was going, what in the world? And uh, I said, well, I said, I think you'll, she's a Christian. And so I said, I know you'll understand this. I was led to go to the cardiologist, led to go. And I told her what was going on. I said, those, those kind of things could be easily just dismissed. I said, but certainly, this is certainly better than having a heart attack to know that I was, you know, needing something being led, that to me is a huge blessing. Life is a huge blessing, you know, and we need to learn to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit so that we can be positioned for blessing. For me, I mean, everything went great, you know, and and we got to, we, we fixed it, and now we can just go on. You know, just listen. Listen and obey. Um... Somebody just recently, well, let me, let, me, let me back up here. I think I've covered everything I probably want to cover. Hallelujah. Somebody I was talking to just the other day made a, um, a reminder of something Dad Hagen said one time. Just, and, I, and I wish I could remember exactly how he said it. But it's like this. If you make the necessary spiritual adjustments, the body will come in line. Listen, if you make the necessary spiritual adjustments, your bank account will come in line. If you make the necessary spiritual adjustments, relationships will come in line. If you make the necessary spiritual adjustments, job situation will come in line. If you make, you know, we, we go down the road and you think, well, you know, I'm doing everything I know I'm supposed to. Listen, you don't drive a car like this. Even when the road is straight, you are constantly making adjustments with that steering wheel. Your spiritual life is the same way. You need to be constantly making the adjustments as you go down. Little things, minor things, things that you think don't mean anything could become major if not adjusted. And most of our adjustments are small, not huge, but small things. In the Old Testament, it's the little things, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Listen, the little, the little veering off will put you somewhere that you didn't intend to go. So you need to learn to make those spiritual adjustments as you go. You need to be under the spout where the glory comes out. And the only way to do that is to make sure you're in the right position. And so these are just things for you to just go over. But just never forget the heart of the Father God is for you to experience every blessing, every blessing, natural 
and spiritual. He has designed it. He has incorporated it into the plan of salvation. Jesus has paid for it already. It is yours. You need to take your faith and just build it up so that you can access every single bit of it every single time. Failure is not okay. We will fail because we're human, because we miss the mark. We will fail from time to time. We will fail. Do not let failure take you over so that you are just incapacitated and not able to take, to take the next step. Just look at it as, as a learning opportunity. I lear- what did I learn from that? I learned that that was not the Holy Ghost. That was not, my spirit man was already telling me don't do that and I did it anyway. I didn't, I didn't get my word from God I didn't, get in, I didn't get into this and get into the Word. I did not praise God for the answer. Find out what it is. When it, when, when it looks like failure, find out where the failure was. Where, where, did, where did I miss it? Not where did God miss it, but where did I miss it? Because you need to keep yourself positioned for blessing. Listen, we're coming into a day and a time that, that people need what we have desperately need what we have. And God wants you to be the walking demonstration of his goodness and his blessing. And we have to be ready to do what it takes to keep ourselves in line with him so that that blessing flows. There's no, there's no pipes clogged up. There's no arteries clogged up. The water of the Spirit's flowing. The blood of Jesus is flowing. You know, it's all flowing. It's, it's, all, it's all there, you know. And as soon as I see a little clog, honey, we're going to unclog that pipe. We're going to unclog that thing. We're going we're gonna to get the best out of this. Because that's what God wants for He wants the best for you. But we cannot be focused so much on ourselves that we lose sight of the fact that we're blessed to be a blessing. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.